Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all take the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the gospel mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In this passage, there's been many sermons preached on this passage. It's a very powerful passage and very important. Because, first of all, it tells us the nature of our struggle as a Christian. That we are up against an army of demons, of fallen angels that are warring against us in the spirit. Not just to Christians, to everybody, but God has made us aware of it. But what we want to look at today is the nature of the of the war that we're in, because we are in a war. And there's no, no sense in sticking our head in the sand and, and, and ignoring that fact. And it is a fact, and we see it right here, that we have a struggle, struggle against unseen spirits. What is their aim? What is their focus? If you look at the weapons of, or the, the armor that we're told to put on, that we can see what the enemy is trying to get at. He talks about putting on a breastplate of righteousness. You know, the one thing that the enemy, above all else, wants to get us in the direction of is to lose our hope in the blood of Jesus. The cross of Jesus is the message. The blood of Jesus is the message of the gospel. Paul says in Corinthians, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who perish, but to us who believe is the power of God. It's the power of God. That's why Paul says, God forbid that I should boast in anything but in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me and me to the world. The enemy's number one 
aim at, at, at all the other things he's trying to deceive us in. His ultimate aim is to remove us from the hope of the gospel. To put our faith in the blood of Jesus through and through. We read, we sang this morning the song, Amazing Grace. And it says, Grace has brought me this far, and grace will lead me home. You know, and we talk about this, but the fact is, is that when we're converted and we come to Christ, it's through the blood of the cross. We believe it and we're saved through the blood of Jesus. We, we put our faith in the blood of Jesus. I can't stop. You know, I remember one time struggling with where one place it says that God remove, uh, forgives us from our sins that are past. I said, okay, well, what about now? What about my sins now? What if I've sinned now? And, and we all as Christians, you know, still have things. We all fall short of the glory of God. We still have done things that God said we shouldn't do. What about that? Does that mean that's only for the stuff in the past? The grace of God. The Bible says that we should put our hope fully in the grace that's revealed to us at the coming of Jesus, Peter says. This is a continuing, a continual cleansing. This is not a one-shot deal. That when we first come to Christ, we're forgiven of our sins. And now, because what happens to us is when we come to Christ, He begins to clean us up. And we start living for Jesus. And our, our whole life begins to change. And we're doing what's right. And we're following Jesus. And we're bearing the fruits of the Spirit. We see all this stuff. Yes! But then somewhere along the line, we forget where we came from. The answer is always going to be in the same place. In the cross of Jesus. And Paul is telling us that here when he says put on the breastplate of righteousness because the enemy is going to come after us and try to cause us to start putting our trust in our own righteousness and our own works and our own accomplishments as a Christian. The foundation never changes. Jesus is always going to be the chief cornerstone that we build our foundation on. There's no other foundation that any man can lay except Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation of our faith and always will be from beginning to end. And if it's not, we will stumble. And that's why Paul is reminding us here, get ready because he's coming after us and he's going to try to deceive us about the foundation of our faith. <clears throat> the breastplate of righteousness, of truth. The shield of faith, which will quench all the fiery darts of the evil. There's a lot of voices that are coming at us. Negative voices saying negative things. Naysayers. Not to put our hope in, in God concerning the things that we hope for, the things that we need, and also what, 
because we don't deserve it. It's because it's always going to be grace. We don't deserve it. And the helmet of salvation. The helmet goes on the head. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. The helmet of salvation. Knowing that we are the children of God. Through faith in Christ. And God accepts us. And we have peace with God. Based on that. The shield of faith. Faith in what? Faith in our performance. Faith on doing what we're supposed to be doing. Or faith in the power of God through the blood of Jesus at the cross. David said in the book of Psalms 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of God forever. Now how did he know that with such assurance? His faith was not in himself. His faith was in God's promise. The promise of God. To bring us home. He said it with such assurance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me for the rest of my life. I will live in the house of God forever. How can we have such assurance? It always goes back to the same place. Back to Calvary's Hill. Back to the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. That is our firm foundation and no other. There's no other foundation that will keep us. And he talks about praying for one another. A Christian responsibility for each other. That he might speak boldly. Not worry about any things. Not be ashamed of the gospel. That I might speak boldly as I ought to. From there I go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians is two books to the right. Chapter 1, verse 3. We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. Go down to verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of God's dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Christ, all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, 
having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled, that means made peace, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless in his sight and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which is preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. The great peace we have between us and God through the blood of Jesus. And Paul talks about it here in Colossians. We have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of sins. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says... That, he is, that Jesus is going to present us before the Father, holy and blameless in His sight, if we're not moved away from the hope of the Gospel. And that's the enemy's aim. And we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices. That that's what he's trying to do. Is to lose sight of the peace that we have between us and God. Because... When we sin as a Christian, we can forget about, or we can lose sight of that hope that we have. And that's why he's saying it here. That's why Paul's saying, put on all the armor of God. Be prepared for the enemy's attacks. Because he's going to try to move you away from the hope in the cross. Oh, I sin too much. Oh, I, you know... I should, I should know better than this. You know, and we go on and all these different things that we lose sight of the humility that we need to always go back to. That without Jesus, we're nothing. We can't do anything without Him. And we're not accepted without Him. And it's through faith in the cross of Jesus that we have our peace with God. That Jesus shed His blood for us. And our faith should always be in that. Not in our performance. Good or bad. But in that cross. At the cross where we first saw the light. And it's the only place that we will continue to see the light. This is we continue to put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross. Put our hope fully in that grace. That grace. We always need that grace from beginning to end. And that grace is what we entered into Christ. And that grace is what we must continue in. That will lead us home. The helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. The Word of God clearly declares that. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just in the beginning of our conversion, but all the way through. We have peace with God through the blood. Through the blood of Jesus. It should continue to influence us every day. We should remind ourselves of it every day.
That's where, that's where our hope is. That's where our help is. That's where our peace is. On the cross. In Romans chapter 5, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would dare to die. But God demonstrates his own, his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him, through Christ. For if when we were enemies we are reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know, a lot of times we read this, but we don't really make the connection about what he's saying here. He said, while we were, when we were enemies of God, he saved us. He gave his life for us when we were his enemies through our sins. And if he did that for us when we were his enemies, now that we are his friends, now that we are his children, now that we are in Christ, the children of God, how much more shall we be saved by the life of Jesus? If we, when we were enemies, he gave his life for us, what will he do for us now that we're his children? That's what he's saying. If he loved us, demonstrated his love toward us, when we're his enemies, how much does he love us now that we have become his children? That we have now become the children of God. This is about, from conversion on, that it all God's love isn't only demonstrated to us in, at, his, at our conversion. That love continues to help us, to preserve us, and to keep us through, through the blood of Jesus to the end. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved, Jesus said. But we endure... The same way, same way we began. Through the hope of the gospel. Through believing the message. And this message has been under severe attack from the very beginning. It tried to get, the enemy tried to rub it out at the very beginning. In the book of Acts. And he's still trying to rub it out. Through philosophies and false teachings and false religions. And, and Christian religion. To move people away from the hope of the gospel. Saved by his blood. Preserved by his blood. To the very end. Verse 11. And not only that. We rejoice in God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom 
we have now received peace, reconciliation between us and God. We shall be saved by the life of Jesus. He gives us His life and we rejoice because we have peace between us and God. That is a present thing. It's not just something we have peace with God when we first converted. We have peace with God continually. So, oh, I've been sinning, I've been living right, I've been walking the flesh. Okay. Well, now you know what you need to do. We need to come back to the Lord, like the lost coin that's found, like the lost sheep that's found, and like the lost son that was came back and was found. We need to come back and receive the same forgiveness, the same mercy, the same grace that we received from the beginning. We are not saved by faith and kept by works. We are saved by faith and we continue in the faith. The just shall live by faith. And we are created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them, sure. But we are saved by faith and grace from beginning to end. And we go back to chapter 4 of Romans. He's talking about Abraham. Chapter Romans 4.20. He did, speaking of Abraham, he said he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. At the, at the promise that he was going to have a son through Sarah, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he had what God had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him as righteous for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was, counted, it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be given to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up for our offenses and raised for our justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Abraham became strong in faith. He was not always strong in faith from beginning to end of his life, but you see that he grew in faith. He became strong in faith. And we need to become strong in faith in Christ, in the message of the Gospel. Having been justified with faith. We have peace with God and we stand by faith in this grace which we stand. It's a place that we stay. Not just a door a door that opens for us and then we move on. We stand there. We stand on this faith. We have access by faith into the grace in which we stand. 
Through faith we stand in this place. And we must continue in that faith, which will quench all the fiery darts of the evil, evil one. Because faith in the blood of Jesus opens the door for everything else. Because the promises, all the other promises of God, are yes through, to us through faith in Christ. The promises of God are yes in Christ. And amen to the glory of God. But it's at this foundation, the blood of Jesus, that we have access to all the other benefits that God gives us as his children. <clears throat> In Colossians, it says also about some who stray from the faith, it says they lose connection with the head, who is Christ. Jesus is the head, we are the body. And it says they don't hold fast to the head, or they lose connection with the head. They lose connection with Christ. So how does that happen? That we lose connection with Jesus. doesn't mean they don't believe anything about Jesus anymore. They don't believe any of the gospel anymore. They lose connection with Jesus. Somehow, the message of the gospel and the blood of Jesus, they lose connection with that for them. That interpersonal relationship, and that interpersonal peace that they have between them and God. They lose connection with Christ. And the, and the basic foundational message. And that's what the enemy is aiming at. The ultimate goal of the enemy is to move us away from that hope. Because if he can move us away from that hope, what do we have? Without Christ, we have nothing. Without our connection with Christ, we have nothing. Jesus said we must remain in him, we must abide in him. Because otherwise we'll wither. Jesus talked about those who believe for a time. In the, God, in the, in the parable, the sower and the soil. The stony ground. Those are, Jesus said these are those who believe for a time. But in a time of testing, they don't continue in the faith. In a time of testing... They lose connection with the head. And so we must understand how we're being attacked. I remember reading books on World War II and how they intensely studied um, Everything about their en the enemies, the Axis, Adolf Hitler, they, they wanted to know what was making him tick. And everything they could find out about him, intelligence tried to find out. And why was that? Because they wanted to know what they were up against. They started reading a book that Hitler wrote before the war called Mein Kampf, which means in English, my struggle. And what they were talking about, what he was talking about in there, was how... He was going to go about taking over Europe and the whole world. And unfortunately, they didn't start reading that until after he had taken over all of Europe. He did it exactly as he planned out. Mm. <clears throat> all mainland Europe was taken before, they, and then they started studying what was going on, what his plan was, 
from there on out and everything. And it helped them because they saw what the enemy was planning. And we as Christians must understand the nature of our struggle. What exactly the enemy is doing to try to unglue us from our foundation in Christ. And the different buttons that he tries to push. As Paul said, we're not ignorant of his devices. Do you know You know why he said that? He was talking about forgiving a brother who had, who had uh, fallen into sin. And he said, receive him back to himself, unto us, and unto yourselves, and forgive him. He says, he says, because we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, of unforgiveness, of unlovingness, of selfishness, of a lot of other things. Because we know, we're not ignorant of what he's doing. And we as Christians in 2021, must not be ignorant of Satan's devices and understand how he's trying to manipulate us and trying to move us away from the hope that we have in the foundational message of the blood of Jesus and the cross and how it frees us from sin and every temptation and it frees us from darkness and it frees us to walk in the light. We're free. We're free to walk in the Spirit. We're free from the the hold the darkness of our sin. We're free from those sins. We're free from darkness. We're free from all the things we are bound in, all the bondage of fear and anxiety. We're free. And so do not do not get again entangled in the yoke of bondage. Paul writes in Galatians 5. Don't fall back into the bondage, the slavery. We're free. We're walking in sin today. We're free. That's the hope of the gospel. We're free from sin. And now we can walk in it. We can repent and walk with Jesus. And not say any temptation is too hard for me anymore. We we don't say that any any, uh, fear or any anxiety is too much for me. We say that any problem or any, any things we're facing are too much for me. Because we have power and authority and liberty in Jesus Christ. We have not received the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of a sound mind and of self-control. Let's walk in it and believe it and stand there in that place. And not let the enemy push us around anymore. But because you know about most bullies... When you stand up to them, they back down sooner or later. We fight the fight. <clears throat> says, what is, how does it say it in the book of James? What's that? Resist him steadfastly and yeah. he will flee from you. Yeah. Submit yourself to God. That's what I was thinking of. Submit yourself to God, the first part. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You don't feel like hanging around if you ain't buying what he's selling. He knows he's wasting his time. Like he he, fl- he fled from Jesus. It says he, he went away for another time. He just kept on coming back. He's going to come back. Be ready. Every day, put that armor on because he's coming back to fight another day. You know, he might have fleed for one day, but he's coming back the next day and the next day or maybe five times in one day. 
Be ready. Put on the full armor of God. <clears throat> In um, 1 Timothy, he talks about, uh, I'll read it, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, with which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, Alexander whom I deliver to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Speak against God. How did they suffer shipwreck? It says here that they, we should have faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. Faith and a good conscience. They were moved away from faith and a clear conscience. And we have a further... testimony from Hebrews chapter 7 I'm sorry it's Hebrews chapter Here it is. Hebrews chapter 3, I'm sorry. Hebrews 3, beginning in verse 12. Beware, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort, or the word exhort means to encourage one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you <clears throat> be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. He says something here that gives us a little insight. He talks about our hearts becoming hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. And that's why he says that we should encourage each other daily. It is the Christian responsibility to, to encourage our brothers and sisters. Each Christian's responsibility to be an encouragement. Daily, not just in meetings, daily. Whenever we see each other, whenever in fellowship with each other, to encourage one another. It's not one, the job of one person to encourage everybody else. It's the job of all Christians to encourage each other, to be in a place where we can encourage one another, 
to be in that place. Lest we be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In another place, Peter says, Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. They harden the heart. And then, when the heart is hardened, we begin to lose confidence. If we're in that place today, it's always the same place that we need to come to. We come back to the Lord, come back to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come back to Him and confess our sins, and He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That message is not just to the unbeliever and the new believer. That message is to the Christian no matter how long you've been a Christian. Come to the crimson tide, the blood of Jesus. And though our sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. The message doesn't change. For the new believer or the old believer or anybody in between, or the unbeliever. The message is the same. Come to Calvary's tide and be clean. And be free to follow Jesus. He who follows me will not be in darkness. and have the light of life. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Come to me, all you are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely and lowly in heart. In me you shall find rest for your souls, not just the message to the unbeliever. It's the message to us wherever we are. If we've been moved away from the hope, come back to it. It's the only hope we have that Jesus was put on that cross and suffered horrible things, that we might be free. That message will never change. It will it, <clears throat> it'll keep us, it kept us yesterday, it'll keep us today, and it'll keep us all the way home. And when we stand before the Lord, on that day we all are going to appear before the, the throne of Jesus, the throne of God, the judgment seat of Christ. And it says that He will present us holy and blameless before the Father through His blood, through the mercy seat of Jesus. That message is one that we should encourage one another daily in and not forget to the very end. Surely His grace, His goodness, His mercy shall follow us every day of our life. We'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever.